Hello everyone and welcome back to the Crafty Crew podcast. My name is Kinger or Big Juicy and as always I'm joined by Mark. Hello. By Nally. Well. And by Walshy. Hola muchachos. Well, that's <laughs> Spanish. Spanish. so easy. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would I would I would accuse you of being lazy now because it was Irish last week and it's everyone Hold knows that. Spanish. So let me get this right. I go out of my way to get mad mad languages. Now. Well, I mean, you know, you had Game of Thrones and a few other mad ones like that. I got ridiculed for that. Now I go back to what I have and tweet them a little bit with throwing big juicy in there and mochachos and stuff like that. And now I'm getting ridiculed for that. Why is there not pleasing you? Can I ask you a question, Walshy? Did you know? Walshy, did you did you know the Spanish for hello before this episode started? Yes, it was there. So there you go. I, I did have to look up the muchachos though. Walshy, did you know that Belfast was an antrum before this episode started? No, I was hoping that I'd lie about that. No, I could, no, I don't, and I don't really. <laughs> We'll we'll get to that as we continue our journey uh, across Ireland's thirty-two counties and thirty-two breweries from those counties. So this week it's um, we have boundaries, uh, existential angst, and we have the beer huts um, session IPA, soft and tropical, um, uh, like representing yourself. down and yeah, exactly, yeah, representing down and <laughs> antrum. So oh, I knew I should look to the phone before we started this. Um, Nally, tell us about Beer Hut, will you? Yeah, no matter, man. So Beer Hut is the beer that <laughs> Mark's going to tell us everything about. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> well played. That was Mark, but that was very well done. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you about Boundary if you want, though, but... Please, please do, yeah, yeah. All right, so Boundary, uh, they're based in Belfast, which is in Antrim, um, up the north, and uh, they're a cooperative brewery, which, you know, I haven't really heard of before. So they're founded in 2014, um, this guy, Mike, I think was his name, he was doing a PhD and he took time out of it because, you know, he'd been to the US a couple of times, he'd been to Belgium a couple of times, um, and he just got big into brewing and he just, he came back to the north and he said, you know, kind of realised there was a big gap in the market. There wasn't a whole lot of craft brewing going on up there um, at the time when he was came back. So he set up a cooperative brewery. Um, so a cooperative brewery is basically, you can buy a membership and be a member of this brewery. Um, it's it's kind of like a crowdfunding, um, you know, like Patreon or something like that. Um, but essentially, you pay like a hundred quid a year. You're a member of the brewery. It gives you, it gives you like a discount on the online shop and uh, stuff like that. But um, yeah, essentially, that's how they fund all their beer and how they funded their their brewery and everything like that. So uh, something like what they have over fourteen hundred members now. And within a couple of weeks, a couple of months, he ended up getting like raising 70 grand, um, which was amazing. Fair play to him, like great going. Um, but yeah, I've 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 had a couple of these beers from Boundary and I have to say I love them. I haven't had a bad one from them yet. Um, everything from their export stout um, in Bongo, which is a tropical IPA. I know the lads are big fans of it as well. Um, yeah. And for Big Juicy, I found one that they've released recently. It's called Imbongorific. Ooh. And Imbongorific is a double IPA based off the Imbongo um, IPA. So oh, I think even Walsh can get on board on that. Oh, I, I definitely veins. try it anyway. So I figured Walsh might be up for that. So what I've uh, found is they've gone one further. They've no. released a beer called no. Imbongolicious, which is a tipper. So I no. mean... <laughs> If I can get my hands on four of them, or nope. anyone knows where I can Dreaming. get my hands on four of them, they Dreaming. are 100% going to be happening at some stage. But uh, yeah, they've had a couple of other good beers. Um, actually, the pilot for this show had uh, a Boundary beer on it. It was one of the nicest beers I've ever had. Um, but yeah, Boundary Brewing, they're, just, they're, they're really good. I'm really looking forward to this. Um, we'll talk more about their cans again when we get to it, but the can style is something I really like about mm. it as well. It's it's one of those you kind of know it's boundary without knowing it's boundary. It's a bit weird, but um, we talk about it more. This one isn't as much as some of the other ones, but uh, yeah, mm-hmm. they're, they're they're really good. It's a solid brewery. Like I said, from twenty fourteen to now, every beer I've had from them have always been good. You know, high quality, high quality H two O. 
Yeah, I've I've yet to have one from them that has been vaguely disappointing. Like they always seem to have a really good beer, which is uh, setting the bar very high for this episode to start with. Um, I'm all I'm almost afraid to ask if they said Walshy, but like, are you going to give us some Walshy insight <laughs> uh, about Antrim? Right. I was I was looking up because as you know I like to try and make up something involving the name. So I looked up no nicknames of counties or whatever. But they're known as the Glensmen and Glen is another word for the valley. And Antrim is known for its nine glens. So I assume like most things, it's named after a famous person. The Glen. So I did a bit of research and I found that it's named after the most famous actress, well not famous, sorry, a famous actress in America, uh, Glenn Close. Uh, <laughs> okay. Okay. What? Yeah, how just... is, what, how, what, Antrim and Glenn Close, I don't think they even have any letters in common nearly. Maybe the N. No, the Glenn. Oh, okay. All right, yeah. fair enough. That makes more were sense. you were you were you just looking for a famous Glen to make the the link with? Well, let's be honest. I was looking for a famous Glens, and that was the only one that I actually was familiar with. So yeah, Glen Hansard, Glen oh, Rowe, Glen Rowe, yeah, <laughs> Glen Rowe would actually be Glen, Glen Whelan, Glen Whelan, Glen Whelan, Glen Whelan. Jesus, I mean, there's a lot of them, isn't there? No, that doesn't mean I know yeah. them. We we say there's a lot of them, but but we've. You We've got through three and been like, well, yeah, that, that's a lot. That's two a lot. people and a place <laughs> or on a TV ah, show. Yeah. Close enough. Yeah. A fictional place in a TV yeah. show. Glen Rowe would have been actually a good shout, though. Um, okay, that just took a weird turn with Glen Close. Uh, Mark, uh, what's up with Down? Hey. Whey. 12 weeks waiting to use that one, weren't you? Jesus Christ. You I salty love motherfucker. <laughs> um, it's what I'm here for. It's what I'm here for. Yeah. Okay. So Beer Hut was set up in January 2017. So it's kind of one of the more recent oh. breweries we've had in this season. You know, I haven't been around that long. Um, so they're kind of interesting. They're set up with two brothers-in-law. So I assume that they're wiser sisters based on that. Um, you know, big assumptions. Uh, they're based in Kilkeel in the in in down. It's in the foothills of the Mourne Mountains. So it's been pretty pretty busy. It was set up so the guys' names are actually Andrew McBride and Neil Chambers. And uh they've a nice little line here where they said they used their skills as plumbers and joiners to knock the place into shape. So I guess they kinda had a <laughs> uh, a part in brewing it. Or sorry, I guess they kinda had a part in building the brewery. Um so yeah they they're kind of weird, right? So they have their their main kind of like what would you call it? Their main range, right? So it's called the core IPA, the core pack. So they have an IPA, a session IPA, and um, their pale ale, right? So they're they're not actually named. So if you look at your can today, we're trying to session. It just says session IPA. So I think that's kind of a, a nice little thing that oh yeah, they're a core. We don't need to name them. This is just what they are. So I kind of like that. Uh, their cans are all these just like solid metal solid gray metal can with like really minimalistic design however whenever they do something unusual so they have a solo series they have like uh you know collaborations and stuff they kind of push it out a little bit they put a proper kind of label on it with cool colors and a cool design but they still retain the kind of sol- solid silver metal can um, and the kind of particular i guess shade of silver is uh, very much their own so uh yeah they're they're a really solid brewery. This is this will be the the final of the uh, core range. I've had their their IPA and I've had their pale ale. They're both like grand beers. They're good, you know. Not I would say not excellent. I haven't had a chance to um to try any of their what like their specials. So I'll just give you a, um a quick little list of some of their specials. Right, they had bring the thunder, raspberry cherry and coconut sour. They had uh, their Jesus. Galaxy Mosaic Cornet uh, du- double IPA. Oh, yeah. yeah. They had Super Styling, which is a pineapple, lemon, and lime sour. Okay, and then this yes. has to be one of the most interesting beers I found that I've never tried, right? So they had a thing called Elector Electric Stout. Um, and what it was, okay, so you know, like, there's loads of stouts that are, like, aged in rum barrels or 
whiskey barrels, that kind of thing. Okay, so they went to a local musicians group, um, who craft musicians, so like fiddles, guitars, and stuff, and they got wood shavings from the crafting, uh, workshop, and they added them okay. to the stout and aged them with the wood shavings, thereby becoming <laughs> like the electric kind of stout. Um, Weird. I, and like it's just such a cool concept that they're not using like whiskey coated barrels or rum coated barrels it's literally just wood out of the workshop and they're using that to kind of you know alter their stout and i don't know whether this is even still on sale or not but um if i could ever get my hands on that i'd love to try it yeah that sounds pretty unreal so it does to be fair just something very interesting like because i mean if you're going to luthiers and you're getting all the wood shavings off the ground god knows what it is you know because if it's if they're making a guitar, there's going to be six, seven different types of wood you could end up having: yeah. rosewood, maplewood. So, as opposed to just a traditional, you know, oak barrel aged or whatever, you're going to get some weird notes. Especially if all mm. those shavings are just mixed together, thrown into one drum, and being like, "Here you go, lads. Let's uh, let's see how this just turns out." You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So apparently, like, there's a bit of a description I found on a review, but it's it's eight and a half percent. This stuff. Um, it has a smooth woody taste with flavors of dried fruit and chocolate. Um, and it's said that this, a bowl of stew and a roaring fire would be a cracking St. Patrick's weekend hat trick. So yeah, it's no, no, no less than yourself with the, uh, the Pliny the Elder, um, Nally, oh. like where you have a beer that you don't know if you could ever get, but you'd love to try. This is kind of my, my one now, ever since I read up about it, I'm like, I God, I, I give a lot to try this. So, uh, Boundary. Or beer hood, if you're listening, you know, get a uh, get that down here. Figure <laughs> it out. Get it on to Mark. <laughs> um, and uh, Walshy, um, what what have you discovered about a uh, um down? I um no more than that. Looked up the the county as well as in the name, and it got its name from I want to say it's Dune, D U N, uh, which is the Irish for fort. But what I'd like to think, it was just a group of messers got together, a bit like us probably, and just said, like, what can we do to fuck with people and confuse the shit out of people? Let's have a county up north and call it down and just confuse the shit out of everybody. <laughs> you know, people in the north don't say up north. We say up north because we're south. Yeah, you know, We're like... not in the north. So down here, we say up north. They, I, so I, will, I will give them one thing though up the north they probably say down south if they're referring to us do they oh yeah, yeah. So See, that, they would, yeah by that they're implying that they are up to our down so I'll give yeah. I'll, for once I'll defend Walsh a little bit okay. Okay. thanks Mary this, this 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 could become a, a very existential type of conversation very oh so, where is he going with this shall, shall, shall we Hinger. shall we move on to the first beer of the week does that yeah. mean we're starting with yeah. then is it no, definitely boundary, I suppose. <laughs> okay, so, let's get going with boundaries, existential angst. Excellent. Finger, that was a epic, epic two wheel. Thank you very much. Two wheel locomotive device that you just had there. Epic. They call it a segue. Yeah, that's that the was one. Peachy segue. <laughs> peachy segue. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like you like that little throw up there, but uh, these uh. Boundary. So yeah, just before we get them poured out in the whole lot, these cans are class. I'm a big fan of these cans. Very um, cool. Every one of them. They're they're just really cool. They're kind of like uh it's kind of like just someone got a heap of spray paint or something, and uh, not not graffiti as in you know pictures and words and stuff, but what's that um uh what's that kind of art style? Art uh, nouveau. Really... Yeah, kind of kind of art nouveau. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, so. Like if you think of, you know, those um, the old absent paintings and stuff like the background where they have just multiple colors that kind of fade into each other. And um, they're really cool. So they are big fan of them. So I am um, also. Yeah. Sorry, Nally, but like as well with the label, the quality of the label, it feels real canvassy. So it's actually very pleasant can to hold, which yeah. is a silly thing to say. But uh, they've obviously like gone for not a specific true. type of label. that's not your standard label. It feels like a, yeah. like art canvas. Yeah, it's, it's kind of got ridges running on through the whole thing so it has it's really cool the other thing about them is their names of the beers are all a bit mental like you know so Imbongo and Export are normal ones for them 
And then they have ones like existential angst or uh, if you if you don't stand for this, what will you fall for or something like that? They have a heap of just random names <laughs> of beers. And I, I love it. I just love it. So I do. One of them, uh, the one of them at the minute, their tippet that I have here as well is called uh, The Room Where It Happened. So, I mean, that's that's what I'm probably going to be thinking after I have that drink. And I'm like, oh, shit, that's where that's where it all went down. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, just really quickly before we go on from the artwork, then um, I did notice on the side and I don't know if this is a feature of any other can, but I like this one. Um, they have artwork and they have the artist's information there. So it's John Robinson, uh, John Robinson art dot com. You can actually go and see his actual artwork, I'd say, uh, online, which is quite, quite cool. I wonder, uh, cool. being, being a cooperative brewery, maybe this got John Robinson guy is actually involved um, as a, a co-op member or something. Yeah, possibly, you know what? Yeah, it, possibly. That, that's probably not a bad shout. It probably could be a member. Um, I, sorry, um, I realize most breweries might look after their own artwork, but the fact that these use an outside source and credit them on the can, I think, is really, really cool. Yeah, I think that's really, you know, it's just a classy gesture as well, just to ensure that the artists get credited. Um, so just before we start describing this beer and, and actually critiquing it, these are one of those breweries, maybe not so much for me, but definitely for you guys, where the bar has been set high by your previous experience with them. Uh, and yeah. so you're expecting another kind of smashing beer. Obviously, you're going to be critical about it and, and analytical, but probably in your mind, you're kind of expecting something very good. So I'd be interested to see where this heads from your point of view. I was going to say, going back to a thing that Nelly was saying about the mad names, them, I've always kind of wondered when I see some places have these kind of crazy names and like how did they come up with it, they kind of half imagine a group of lads around a table. It's like, right, lads, we have this here. We want something out there. And someone goes, hmm, existential sounds a bit weird. And someone's randomly like, oh, I think I think it's missing something. It's like, how about angst? Like, yeah, cool. Let's go with that. Just... <laughs> Some really, really mad names for beers. Some of them are straightforward enough and kind of self-explanatory, and then other ones are just completely out there altogether. I don't know what you... I mean, I'd like to think that maybe there's a reason they, they've used the name. They haven't just plucked random words out of the sky. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what? You what? No. no, I'm sure there is. But... Like ex- um, existential angst is a thing. Yeah. It is a thing, yeah. It's yeah. A, yeah. You can have a existential angst. And you a do, just a, you do just a after quick one. 10 or 12 cans, you do. You get it. You, yeah, you absolutely do. Yeah. Uh, a quick one, Jared, just before I go fully onto this beer, um, just on what you were saying there, Mark, um, because the bar is kind of set so high, I mean, if anything, I find a lot of the times if I have a brewery that I really like and they give me a new beer, and especially if it ends up getting on the podcast and it's a beer, a beer I haven't tried from a brewery, I end up... Tr- nearly being more critical of them on the podcast because I'm like, I can't let, you know, I can't let my bias towards this brewery get ahead, get there. So it's, you know, I'm like, I'm going to be a bit extra harsh on them. And if they still come out on top, then they've really deserved it, you know? Um, okay, yeah. look, moving on then. It's, um, it's a, it's a, like, you know, um, it's a typically boundary type, fr- like fruity smell. Yeah, very fruity smells on this. I like that. Uh, I like that on the cans that they have. Uh, they'll give you the the name of the hops. So I've said this a number of times. I love when the cans will give you the name of the hops. But not only that, these give you the quantities of hops they've used. Measurement. So, yeah. for example, this is like sixteen grams per liter of Citra, Nelson, Savon, and Columbus hops, which is kind of cool to to have that measurement as well. You know, it's a four point five percent ABV beer, right? But upon the appearance. This is a thick boy. This is super yeah. juicy, super hazy. It, it is in that dipper kind of straw color, but like nothing's, no light penetrates this kind of thing range. No. So I, I looked at it and I thought, oh, this must be pretty high in ABV. But the fact that it's only 4.5 is a bit of a contradiction to me. Yeah, I was actually going to say the same, Mark, just before you said it. It's like, it's very hazy. Like you, you're seeing not in through that. Like it's super thick and I get what you mean as in, it kind of looks like a dipper being a pale ale, and it's like what four and a half. You're that's kind of the right kind of the percentage, but it's very, very thick looking. At the start, there was quite a flurry of carbonation at it, and now, like after say four minutes or so of, of pouring it, it's really died down. There's nothing there, which is mm. unusual as well with a pale ale of this ABV. Like, yeah, 
Um, I'm also seeing quite a lot of sediment at the bottom of my glass. Now, I don't know if that's just me, or do you have that as well? Yeah. Yeah, so no. I have that as well. You mightn't see it as much, because I think, Mark, you and Walsh are both using kind of tulip-style glasses, so it's not yeah. going to... It's not going to be as evident. I have a regular pint glass, same as you, King, or American. Yeah. So it's just easier to see it, but that's just that's just yeast from the can that's after falling out. That's nothing. Nothing I major, know, like I know, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. Uh, this hundred percent Mark agree. It is a it's a super juicy looking beer. Um, on the mouthfeel, it's 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 a strange one because it's it's really kind of soft, but it's it's like really carbonated, but it's a load of like really small bubbles that dissipate super quick. And then it just leaves this kind of velvety texture. It's just really soft. Are you getting kind of a lemony tartness off of it as well? Yeah. Like yeah, some, some kind of citrusy, was... yeah. But it, for me, I know like with citrus, you're normally like, oh, that's just a citrus smell or a citrus taste. For me, this is actually quite lemony. Like I'm identifying yeah. lemon out of it as opposed to just a general citrus kind of vibe. I was, uh, try- yeah, I was trying to just like... I'm getting vibes of a sour off it for some reason, but like that's 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 kind of more, that's more accurate, like a more of a, a kind of an actual citrus type of a flavor. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. a lot, a lot, of, a lot of sours are lemon sours. So yeah, you get the lemon, you're associating it with that, even though lemon is a citrus fruit. Definitely, definitely get that kind of tartness that you're on about, Mark. But it's not a, it's not overpowering. It's just kind of there near the like it's the middle to the end. It's not straight up front. Up front is kind of that carbonation and stuff, and then it kind of, as as the carbonation kind of washes away, it leaves that kind of tartness and like a smoothness there as well. That's what I'm getting from it anyway. I, f- I feel like it tastes quite boozy as well for something that's only what four point six, did we say? Five. Um, four point five. It tastes a lot heavier than it actually is, which I find kind of strange. And also, I know it's not really something you guys are massive fans of. I I think yeah, it it does kind of have that taste a bit kinger. However, it doesn't have the heaviness that you get with those other beers that kind of have that. You know, like if you yeah. if you think of those dippers that we're kind of saying this is kind of like, it they tend to be quite heavy as well. Whereas this is maybe got a bit of that booziness, but it's an easier drink, so it is much easier in my opinion. Yeah, I don't, I don't really get any of the kind of boozy alcohol taste off of it. It's certainly juicy, which I can see where you're coming from with the juicy side of it. Um, I'm being an expert in that uh, yourself. <laughs> But uh, for me, no, it's I'm just a little bit um, at odds with it because of it's like got that tar- sweet tartness of a specific uh, citrus fruit as opposed to generally the just citrus seed, more general notes you normally get with a citra pale ale. I know it says pale ale, but you put citra hops in it, it's a citra pale ale, let's be honest. Um, and the juiciness and the carbonation and the the kind of, haziness are kind of a contrast to what I normally expect with a pale ale especially these days when lots of pale ales that do go this route call themselves hazy pale ales like they slap it on the can like this it's a hazy pale ale but they haven't with this I don't really mind the fact that it doesn't say hazy pale ale or citrus pale ale but at the end of the day it's just pale ale um, I do again get that slight tartness at the end I mean, it's not a lot, but then it's not a sour, but you do get a small bit of it at the end. Um, the look and the taste of it is very different. Like we said earlier on, it looks like it's probably a heavy beer. Like Mark said, like it, it looks like something that's a dip and you look at it and it's only four and a half, but then you taste it. It's so, uh, to take away from your name, uh, juicy and, and pretty, it's pretty light which in comparison to the look of it is... Uh, kind of contradicts itself nearly i think nally nailed the mouthfeel with it earlier the velvety fl- kind of feeling yeah that it's a smooth soft <clears throat> residue that gets left in your mouth and i think probably the low yeah. abv has a lot to do with that because when you drink a beers that normally look like this they're kind of six percent and up and there's a bit of harshness there because of the alcohol content but with the lower alcohol content it's not leaving behind such a strong flavor and i think that might be where the velvetiness is coming from i do enjoy that subtleness to it yeah, I think you could be right, Mark. I think another thing that helps as well is because it's not got that higher ABV, the alcohol itself is not uh, like stripping off the hop flavor that's kind of left there. You know, so because it's the lower ABV, it takes a bit longer for that flavor to be washed away and just it lingers a bit longer. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I, I'm, I'm a little torn. I'm having a bit of an existential crisis. 
Oui. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm I'm liking this beer a lot. I think, I think maybe the tartness at the end. See, I don't know. It, it, I'm I'm still not sure. I either really like that, or I'm thinking if you just took that tartness off it a little bit, would it be better? I, I'm I'm not sure. It is unique though, no. isn't it? I haven't had a beer like that's, that before, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, and that's exactly why I'm kind of torn between it. I don't know which way. Like, is it? Leave it there, or if you take it off the tartness, is that going to make it better? But at the same time, that could detract from the beer as it is, you know? So that's where I'm I kind of stuck like, in between them. I feel like if you took that tartness away, then then you're going to be... I know it's only for, for not percent, but you, I think you're going to feel... You're going to taste the alcohol a lot more Maybe. if that's not there. And I think that's that's... I think the tartness is, like you are saying earlier on, takes the harshness out of it which in my book makes it a lot more drinkable and a lot more enjoyable. Yeah, I was going to say, and in comparison to what we were talking about, the, the New England we had last week, and I remember saying, I was like, yeah, it doesn't really stand out against anything else. Whereas in this, and you're like looking at it, like pale ale is so vast. Like there's so many different types. It's hard to kind of stand out against a lot. And I'm, I'm kind of thinking that little bit of tartness at the end that you do get kind of makes it stand out which I kind of really appreciate and really like. And I suppose as a sour fan, uh, more so than most, than the four of us, probably I'd appreciate probably more than maybe the rest of you would. I feel like you take the tartness away and it's just a kind of plain beer because mm. it's the main flavour coming through. Yeah. Um, I know it's got a juicy kind of notes to it, but it's definitely the overriding flavours, that lemony kind of tartness you're getting. I'm not getting like, oh, lemony flavor, then stone fruit, or then a pininess, or then a resiny, re- it's, res- it's, resinous, whatever. It's just literally that, and then a kind of juiciness, and then it fades. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think I think I thought about it too much, but it is. I do. I would love to try <laughs> one if they. I would love to try one if they brought it out and somehow got that tartness back, just to see. Like I know, I know it would make it just another one in the bunch. Whereas this has that standout character being the tartness and that kind of lemony flavor but i think if they made one and it was just one of the bunch imagine how drinkable that would be. like this is pretty drinkable already i can say that but imagine how drinkable something like that would be if you just took off that tartness at the end It'd be ridiculously sessionable ridiculously I, so. I don't know i don't know if you've had it um nally but i think you have Walshie for sure in bongo it wouldn't be that tart now no 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 it's not no but you it's know. it's but in Bongo's a tropical IPA. It's a different thing. And Bongo's yeah. also five point something percent, as far as I remember. Yeah. Whereas this is yeah. You know, this is a pale ale. It's aiming for that kind of lower ABV range, which you know. Yes. That's that's why I'm thinking if you just took that tartness off, like even if you brought down the alcohol, this would be an unreal session IPA. If you brought this down to about four percent and took away that tartness, that'd be an unbelievable Fair. session IPA. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. I I think it's it, the juiciness is. So I'm about two thirds of the way through this, right? The juiciness is adding a certain heaviness to the beer. Now it's not a huge amount, but certainly I think it'd be too much for a session. Like, um, I actually think it's kind of detracting from it a bit. This is this is not something you're gonna like neck back two or three of them. I just feel it's missing some more standard kind of carbonation to make it refreshing. It's almost like a beer that you'd have on a cold evening sitting inside in the warm, like or you know, I'm going to watch a movie and have one beer. This would be a nice sipper for two hours or whatever. Like, it's not going to change massively if it warms up a bit. It's still going to be, like, have flavor in it and I'm going to enjoy it. But I don't know. I don't see this as being kind of in the sessionable range. Fair enough. Um, yeah, the other thing I will say, just that you're saying it there, I've gone through, you know, as we go through the beer, we say finish the whole way through. This hasn't changed from start to finish for me. No. I would At all, say that it's, it's, it's very, super it's very consistent. consistent. So it is very true, very which is yeah. which is something I I really like in a beer. You know, sometimes it's nice with maybe a stout or something that you are going to be sipping on for quite a while. You like those flavors to kind of evolve as you're going through it, but not so much with something that's you know four point five percent that you're just you're just there to enjoy a can. Like you're not you don't want a whole lot of change in it. You don't want to be super surprised. Sometimes you just want to have a nice can and just mm. enjoy it and sit there and just like you said, Mark. You're just watching a movie. You're just kind of zoning out. It's a perfect sipper for that because you're not you're not going to get that strange surprise halfway through and be like, oh, what's going on here? I have to 
let me let me let me you know gather my thoughts and have another go of this let's just it's just the whole way through consistent like uh okay so we will um move it on into the rating system I, I suppose um which as always starts at um unbearable uh then we go to booze booze then it's just beer followed by brutal and then it's the much coveted and much sought after unbeer leaveable so um <laughs> look i i'll start this one off um this beer is me this beer is big it's juicy uh it's full of flavor um as nally said 2 minutes ago it's consistent from start to finish now as we said earlier on as well it's it started off very, very carbonated, and after maybe five minutes, it died down. I feel like that would make it worse if it stayed that carbonated the whole way through, which I know most beers wouldn't anyway. But I, I think I found a beer from Boundary that I like more than Mpongo. So I'm gonna say that this is unbelievable. Um, I. I'll go next, just not to, you know, mess your waters up completely in case you <laughs> assume that I'm tanking a beer or bringing it up. As I said before, actually on this podcast, because it's Boundary, I've, I've been more critical on them. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure you've gotten that from the way we were talking about it earlier. And I was kind of saying, maybe get rid of this tartness, maybe get rid of that. At the same time, this beer is savage in my opinion. Like I, I'm a huge fan of this. Um, I think Boundary have done it again. They just made a really, really solid beer. Um, one that I am happy to sit. Like my only problem with it is it's gone, um, and I don't have more. <laughs> this this is one of the times on the freaking podcast where I know I've said it a few times, but this is one of the times where I'm like the beer is gone, and I'm just devastated. I didn't buy another one. Um, this yeah for me this is this is up there, but I have had better Boundary ones as well. So I I, I will say for me it's a beautiful. But I, I'm big fan of it, but it is a beautiful. Yeah, so a little bit torn with this one. Um, I do enjoy the kind of lemony and tartness I'm getting off of it. Um, it does have a lovely mouthfeel, nice and velvety, and it's a pleasant beer to look at. But I think for me, it's a little heavy. It could. I kind of disagree with you, King. I think it could maybe use a bit more of that front-end carbonation to last a bit longer. And I think the juiciness of it while the ABV is kind of low, they kind of don't really work together for me. I feel like with that juiciness, you want a little bit more of a kick to it to kind of cut through. It's a bit soupy. Like, it's kind of that lip-smacking, you know, not like lukewarm soup kind of kind of feel sometimes. Um, I'm kind of torn between two. I think I'm going to give this a just beer for me. I know it's a bit harsh. Ooh. I'm torn between that and the Brutiful because I do think it's a solid beer. I like its uniqueness, but I just don't think it lands quite well for me. I There, um, Kinger says he thinks he found uh, a boundary better than Umbongo, and I kind of went, oh. And then thinking about it, I'm like, do you know what? I don't think he's wrong. Um, I think I think there's a very unique taste of this that really, like I pointed out, really makes it stand out against its peers which is very, very hard to do. Um, that that kind of tartness at the end, I love it. I mean, it's right up my alley. It's juicy. I like all of them kind of, always have them kind of juicy beers as well. If it was in the, the local pub on draft, I'd, I'd happily, happily have a nice few of them for the night. Uh, I know Mark had mentioned about, oh, he'd, he doesn't see himself swamping the beers. I don't know how many craft beers you're necessarily swamping in general anyway. It's it's not something I'd really do with this kind. If I wanted to swamp beers, I'd probably just go for a, I don't know, your cheap carling or cores or something like that. But uh, this is this this for me is, is gorgeous. And uh, as Pale Ale goes, I, I don't think there's much, huge amount better because it stands out so much. And like I said, that lemon tartness in it. Is I find it I find it savage. So uh, I'm actually I was going to go one way, but when you hear people talking, you kind of get a bit further on. I'm, I'm with Kinger. I think it's unbelievable. Woo! Yeah, nice. <coughs> yeah, solid. Um, I think Mark, this ends us with a beautiful fur uh, existential angst by Boundary. However, I feel like this is one of those occasions where, even though your rating was a little lower, 
you're more than happy for the beer to actually get a brutiful. Yeah, and I think to be honest, from my point of view, it's a fair reflection because I do think, you know, I can I can see where the lads are coming from. I can definitely take on board their points, but uh, yeah, like drinkability is a massive part. Craft beer, no, and like any beer, you can only have one of. Let's be honest. Or, or a slow sipper, it's always going to struggle to hit the heights across the board. And by that, I mean across four people who have kind of different tastes. It needs to yeah. be something special to bring us all together. And I just don't think this was that kind of special. No. And that, no. that's why that's why the rating system on the Crafty Crew podcast is the world's <laughs> eminent premier, premier. premier rating system. Science, bitch! <laughs> god damn um, it jesse get back in the box so i mean i you know i i, I could cop out here a little bit and just say that every northern accent is pretty much the same um it's a really good thing the boys from the crafty crew podcast are after giving existential angst a, a brutal because i know where they live <laughs> <laughs> oh like, oh my god <laughs> uh, also a, qu- a quick shout out to uh, I don't know if anyone's heard of them but a, a, a serious band from Belfast as well they're called Kneecap and it's just a heap of uh, lads that are rapping and half it's in Irish it's good crack to listen to they're called to, so, Kneecap yeah. they're called Kneecap yeah and they're from Belfast and it's a heap of lads just rapping in Irish they're good crack <laughs> I love it uh, lads listen so I I know that I um, and I'm only bragging over two here because Mark has created all of our quizzes this season um, but as I have three three quiz wins in a row, I said I'd give you a week off, um, and I have a, a quick question. So I know last season I asked you if you could have one beer for the rest of your life, what beer would it be? And we threw up a couple of options. So this time I'm taking the choice away a little bit. So you have to use your initials and choose two beers for the rest of your life using your own initials. Oh, well, that's a good one. Beer styles or specific beers beginning with those initials? Specific beers with those initials. Hmm. Ah. <laughs> okay, I actually have one straight off the bat. But I need yeah, to... Yeah, I'm pretty close. I have, I have two, <laughs> two, maybe. It's, I mean, not to, not to cop out, but I do have a can right in front of me that has both of my initials on that I thoroughly enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, mean, I mean, if we go with a brewery, I've got the, the entire Sierra Nevada range. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I'll go first then for the crack, because uh, I think I have two that I'm pretty happy with. Um, I think this will work well as well, because they're two pretty contrasting styles which will cover me for a wide range of occasions. Um, one's a stout and one's a, one's an IPA, so I think I'm pretty covered for most occasions. Um, first one for S is Seeking Sunshine. It's a pretty handy one, won't lie. Oh, love that it. got you. That, 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 Savage. Yeah. Love it. Dead Center, Seeking Sunshine. Just an amazing beer. Love it. Quality. Uh, and my other one is a stout. Um, it's by Vocation Brewery, and it's Naughty or Nice. And it's a chocolate stout, and it's so good. It's just so, so nice, so it is. Um, huge fan of it. If anyone can get it, if you're a fan of stouts, Kinger, this might be one that you might even like. It's kind yeah. of a sweet stout. It's not got much coffee okay. to it. It's just chocolatey sweet stout. It's it's really good quality. Um, yeah, Vocation will be one of my favorite breweries from over in England that I've had as well. So um, they just pump out some good stuff. Uh, big fan so that that'll be my two Seeking Sunshine and Naughty and Nice by Vocation okay so I have mine and I'm torn so god because it's right so because it's like the two beers you can have for the rest of your life the two beers I want to pick are two stouts but as to Nally's point you need to cover yourself for a wide range of scenarios here so what I wanted to pick was Millionaire um stout oh. the oak age stout in particular by the wild beer co and uh here we are now that unbelievable stout i had for dead center but i think based on the fact it was a limited edition and i only had it once i'm going to get rid of here we are now and we're going to go with hope's hop on session ipa a uh, nice yes. session delicious and uh, very enjoyable and also that covers like session covers like 80 percent of drinking scenarios and the stout covers i feel like at least 10% of the remaining 20 so 
my two are going to be millionaire oak aged stout and hop on by hope solid for p i'm going to go with hope's pass if you can yes and kinney gar's nice. white rabbit oh uh, that's a nice beer that's, that's a nice beer good, that's yeah. a good shout for it tough one with w as well so that's yeah. that's a great shout for it so it is I was yeah. surprised as a ras such a rascals fan while she I was surprised you didn't go with their Wonderbar. But uh Yeah. Haven't had it. Oh it's well you would love it. You should try yeah. it. It's Wunderbar. <laughs> I'm uh so I'm gonna go with um No Worries from Lervig. I know it's a non-alcoholic uh, beer, but that's just to give myself a break whenever I need it, because this is like <laughs> a for the rest of your life type deal. Um and my K is Calamansification from the Wild Beer Company. Oh, that's a, that's it's a, a cracking beer. I still don't know what a, I don't. I still don't know what a hibiscus is, but I know I like it. Oh, that was <laughs> yeah, yeah. One, yeah. Big, uh, yeah, big was... shout out to the Wild Beer Company then. Of the eight beers we're going to drink for the rest of our lives, two of them are from them. So, <laughs> well done. Uh, and and yeah. hope, hope got two as well. Yeah, well they are Did the best brewery in the world. So. Yeah, they're close. I mean it's it it's you know it's 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 easier when you get all the initials lined up, Mark, you know, but it, that's besides Yeah. The more you look into it and you will automatically regret the answers you give. Let's let's crack on with the uh Beer Hot Brewing Company session IPA lads, so uh crack them open. Soft and tropical. Here we go. <laughs> this will be interesting considering we all agreed the last beer had quite a soft um, velvety mouthfeel uh, but it wasn't called out obviously but this time they're calling it out as soft so we'll be interested yeah. to see where it lands I think it'll be good to see yeah it's uh, it's also what is it 3.9 is it yeah 3.9 yeah so a nice low ABV session it's much lighter and it's much more see through yeah nowhere near as hazy it does I, I guess you can measure Mine's the carbonation good. as the head dissipates quite quickly on it so it's not like, at least not wheat beer style, but it is quite a hazy session. I have to say, it's the second kind of hazy beer we've had today. It is. It is. It is a little bit hazy, but it's it's um. Like, can you see through I it? I can't it see through it. A little, like a tiny bit, a tiny bit. I mean, it's certainly not as hazy as the previous one, though. Yeah. No, no, but it's definitely like you would say that it's hazier than like your regular kind of. Well, I mean, especially for a session, probably like. Um, yeah, the other thing fair. is, I mean, I have had a couple of sessions that are pretty hazy, like uh, uh, Whiplash Rollover is pretty hazy for a session. And that's I think that's about 3.5% as well, um, but solid beer. It's not, you know, it's not too hazy. You can still see it through it. It's definitely a lighter straw color. Um, when the head does eventually go, it does have a really nice kind of smell to it. It is kind of got that, you know, those kind of tropical notes coming off it. You know, they're not as strong as uh, the previous one we've had, but they're definitely there, which is good because, yeah. you know, if a bear is calling out telling me it's got these tropical notes and then it doesn't smell tropical, I'm going to be, I'm going to have some questions there about that. So uh, sometimes um, a can or a craft brewery will give you a little description on the side. So Beer Hood have done this with this. This is their take on what this beer is. So they say a juicy and easy drinking little session beer. Brewed with citra and chinook hops, it brings forward flavours of citrus and pine. Bright in colour with a soft and pillowy body. So I guess the, the kind of chinook hops and the piney flavour is a bit old school and alley, isn't it? A bit west coast? Yeah, that'd be, they'd be some of the more traditional kind of hops, let's say. Um, but that's cool, man. It's, it's just going to be a full-on lemon tree. Um, just a pillowy <laughs> version of a lemon tree. <laughs> yeah, so the mouthfeel, I mean... I actually think it's not as soft as the last one, but it is still, it's quite velvety. It's it's still a soft, non, non-aggressive non mouthfeel. I, although I am surprised at how velvety um, existential angst was. So the fact that it's even more so than this. But but that's that's 100% coming from the Chinook hops. So it is, it's that pininess that all of us kind of, like we, we, I know we're fans of IPAs, We, but most, you know, we all kind of prefer that newer New England style um, fruitier kind of flavor in the beer, whereas the pininess that you get from Chinook hops is more old school, and I think the pininess is definitely what's taken away from that um, the softness of the mouthfeel that we we're saying from the last one. 
it's got a pretty dry finish as well, would you say? Yeah, yeah, pretty dry. There's not nowhere near as much uh, carbonation as like, and one of the things you were saying about the last one, it didn't have enough carbonation in it for you. This has zero carbonation essentially. It's super low carbonation. Well, my one anyway that I have is super low carbonation. So it is. No, definitely. It's it's like it's so dry though that you're getting that pininess. Almost, ex- I would say, almost exclusively pininess for me in the aftertaste. Not. It's like citrus while it's in your mouth and there's liquid there. As soon as you swallow it, it's like dry, piney, and I can see this being quite divisive with people who don't like the old West Coast style. That if you don't, sorry, that if you don't like that piney resinous type of flavor, this is going to be an off-putting beer for you. Would it be in a session if it's something that you know a session IPA being something you're able, you should be able to drink quite a few cans of. The whole point of a session is the sessionability of it. That's where the name comes from. So if you're not someone who's mm-hmm. into the pininess, that kind of old school IPA flavor, you know, although this looks like it's going to be hazy and going to be kind of fruity and stuff, that pininess is the overriding flavor for me. Ruins it a little bit for me. I think I've said it before that I'm I'm definitely more uh, kind of a, an East Coast would say fan. Um, that old school West Coast type pininess thing that you're you're talking about, I just I don't find it super pleasant. On, just on the carbonation that you said earlier, mine is fairly carbonated now. I have to say it's it's, it's much more carbonated than the than um, boundaries, um, which which works for me in this instance because it kind of washes away the taste pretty quickly. You know, I don't know maybe if it's the can we had different or, or the glasses or whatever, but um, no, I think I'm I'm with you, King. Or that we prefer that kind of East Coasty um, to the West. That pineness isn't something I'm. I love, and the pineness is kind of I'm finding kind of sharp, and it kind of overshadows nearly the rest of it, which I'm not a little bit. loving. Like it's not bad by any means, but it's not something that I'd be, or like yeah, no, like like Natty was saying after the last one is like, oh, if anything, I'm raging. I don't have a second can in the fridge. I'm like, if there was a second one in the fridge, I'd drink it. But if I never had one again, I'm not going to yeah. sleep over it either. You know. So it's, it's it, that pininess I'm just not, and that could be a thing like it is me and you kind of prefer the East Coast kind of a fruitier style IPA against this, and it's just kind of our own personal preference, you know. Yeah. Now look, that said, and I mean I, that you know that's that's a that's a personal preference thing, but I I, I, I think I can still look at it kind of, um, and. Uh, enjoy it for what it is i think it's still a very nice beer i think it's it's it is super sessionable um you know you've you've given the the example before Walsh, of like if you're at someone's house and they offer you a can of this i'm not going to turn my nose up and say oh no i'm, I'm good oh, i'll drink it do you know what i mean it's it's you know it's that kind of it's 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 not bad like but it's um for me i, th- I, th- I just feel like i've definitely had nicer you know so they they call it out as being soft and tropical the one kind of saving grace I'll say with it that it is in general a softer beer than than most. Now we had an incredibly velvety beard before this, so it's hard to not compare it and say, "Oh, it's, it's harsher than that." But compared to most beers you're going to drink, this is quite soft. The tropical bit is where I'm falling off a bit because there's yeah. fleeting smells of it when you first pour it. There's a bit of a taste when you are holding your mouth, but this is quite traditional in terms of an IPA. This is almost like a like a, if you just said traditional West Coast IPA and was like 4.4%, like that's what I am tasting. That's the flavor profile I'm getting off at the mouthfeel kind of profile, um, which to personally, I don't have a problem with. But if you're going to put tropical on a can, you have to be aware of what people are going to think and expect from that. You know, people these days, especially like, you know, when you see tropical, you see citra, you see... I don't know. Yeah, I guess those two are like kind of almost interchangeable. If you see one or the other, you're going to be expecting big fruity notes of something and almost like a like a juice kind of thing. Now, I just think the tropical is a bit of misbranding in this case. Uh, yeah, it's 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 not a flavor or a flavor profile that you want to be subtle with. There are some beers that the flavors like it's important that they're subtle or that they're 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 just about there. But if if you're saying tropical on the can, it has to kind of really 
be the main character of the beer. I I think. Yeah, I'd agree with you. I think we've had this a few times now with a couple of different beers where they've had a beer style on the can or you know, they've advertised themselves as something specific and then we've had it and we're like, but that's not what you are at all. You're you're not. You're just <laughs> yeah, yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. I don't say you're yeah. don't say you're a brown ale shouting at strangers, you filthy animal. And then Fuck you, Wylam. <laughs> and be something sour. else. Yeah, and be a sour. Be what you say on the can. And like if 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 they had said, you know, session IPA, just not even not even said was it you know, uh, like a session New England or a session old school IPA. Just say session IPA, and I think you're solid with yeah. this. Now, to be fair to them, the name is session IPA, but like, just leave it at that. Don't put the descriptor in. It's soft and tropical. You know, because that gives the it gives that extra bit of a the tropical. You know, you read it and you're trying to you're expecting these tropical flavors and this tropical you know sensation with it, but it's not there as much. Session IPA is perfect for it. Just leave it at that. Just stop. <laughs> yeah, I wonder um, when you see some of them. So, like the one we had before, it was just existential angst, pale ale. Is that kind of, not say playing it safe, but just to kind of cover themselves down? Like, if they said a citra pale ale, say for example, and maybe even one of us didn't get the citra part of it, they're like, oh, okay, you're not doing what it says. If you well, took out the soft or the tropical and just said, like you said, just leave that session IPA. You've kind of covered yourself, and on every basis, if you get so many different types of tastes and stuff like that, it's like, oh, that's grand. It's just a session IPA then, instead of blanching onto a specific. Yeah, no, that's that's fair, and I I think just just a quick from for boundary. I mean, they can't call it citra. Citra IPAs tend to be solely comprised of citra hops. That's why they're citra IPAs. Mm. So yeah. you know they they have other hops in there, so they can't really say that, but. I do think that's that's it's it's the same thing that I was just saying. It's it's a hundred percent. If you're if you're advertising yourself as a tropical IPA, I'm expecting something more like uh remember we had that hopefully graciosa? That was yeah. that was pretty good. Or even something like boundaries in Bongo, which is kinda tropical IPA as well. You know what I mean? I'm expecting more more of those like pineapple flavours or something like that to come through. Not so much pine tar. Yeah, just to name drop a few more, so like Bruise, uh, Osiris, or Tutti Frutti are in that range as well. Yeah. But um, I think the, the hop profile of this is a bit of a contradiction. And I want to just say, in terms of Chinook, which would be a traditional old school West Coast piney hop, like, and Citra hops, which, like, obviously, you know, you can't say hops are a contradiction, but Citra hops primarily these days are in Citra or Tropical or fruit flavored um ipas and dippers that are like really east coast new england that kind of side of of the of the coin and chinook is kept for the old school west coast traditional ipas this may be the first one that like it's hard to know not everyone puts the hops on the can but i think it's the first one where i've had both and only those two hops in the beer and i think they basically pretty much cancel each other out Maybe the Chinook wins a little bit because it's the piney notes that are coming through more. Yeah. So, like, I really feel like it's kind of a contradiction there, and I don't think it works. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair to say. Uh, it is, it is kind of it's kind of a weird one where you have both of them together. Uh, as you say, usually you're gonna have you know you're either going for that old school IPA, you know, West Coast, or you're going for the New England IPA. There's not many of them now. I know it's starting to become a thing of that, like. Uh, what is it, the Mountain IPA, which is kind of a mix of both of them. But if this is Beer Hut's yeah. core range, I mean, I don't know if you want a Mountain IPA to be part of your core range. If you get what I mean, you probably want to swing one way or another and have it more more consistent and more... Own it, is, like. Yeah, this, but this feels like a weird thing I'm about to say, but have it more mainstream if it's your core range. Like, either be <laughs> New England... Like, it's weird to say about craft beer, mainstream, but either be... Yeah. Either be West Coast or be New England. Like if you want Get to be that, fence. yeah, yeah. If you want to be the Mountain IPA, bring it out. Like and bring it out as a special, you know. But for it to be your core range, I just think it's a bit, a bit much. I think we we can tighten that up, Nally. Like mainstream within the craft beer industry. Yeah, yeah. That's it, more it, than fair to say. <laughs> yeah, be mainstream, but within this clicky, you know, artisanal industry that we are all fans in. Don't be American light lager mainstream. <laughs> very fair 
Yeah, I, I like it's. I think my just a very quick story. I think my my main issue with the kind of the West Coast type of um, the West Coast type style of hops it comes from my disappointment with Double Jack being a Dipper fan and then not really having that like the Dipper that I was used to. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it, it was that's I've always I've always felt burned by that. I know it's one of the top rated beers like ever, but it just for me it was super disappointing and i it tastes the same it's just that i don't it's yeah it's that piney resinous kind of it's just not super um enjoyable i'm glad i'm not the only one holding grudges on this podcast king <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, okay okay look i mean if we have no more to say and i think we should move on to the the, the rating shall we yeah i'll go first um i actually do enjoy the flavor of this beer. Um, I like the dryness. It's not overpowered. Like, it, there's definitely piney notes there. There's a piney aftertaste. It kind of gets a bit bigger towards the end of the drink, but not massively so. Um, I, I would actually session this. I think it's it's quite nice. And I would give it a beautiful, only for their flagrant false advertising of tropical. So because of that, it's getting kicked down a notch to just beer for me. You know me, I don't like to be negative. I'm, but, I'm, I'm 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 quite a, I'm 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 quite a positive person when it comes to most beers. But, but. no no beer no but. beer has ever done well after Kinger has said, "You know me, I like to be positive." Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it just it doesn't hit the mark for me. Um it I was really expecting something really tropical and really kind of like an explosion of flavor, but it just wasn't there. Um, the addition of the kind of the West Coast style isn't going to sit well with me ever. So I'm going to say this is a booze for me. Oh, oh, yeah. Kinger has fluctuated sorry, wildly sorry. in this show. <laughs> sorry, Beer Hut. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'll go next. Um, just a bit reeling from Big Juicy giving something a booze. It's been a while. Uh, <laughs> it has been a while. Yeah, so uh, for me, uh, Kinger, I'm going to agree with you. This is a booze for me. Um, it's grand. I just... Uh, like, it's the combination of flavours. It's fine. It's something I know is kind of starting to take off and I think it'll be okay. I just don't think they've done it well in this case. Um, you know, it's part of their core range. It's probably selling for them if it's part of your core range. It, yeah. It's just not something that I'm going to be having on the regular. Like, I'm okay without it. It's fine. It's just a booze. I don't have much more to say about it. You know, the, the for me the carbonation wasn't great. The the flavor was nowhere near what I expected when I hear a session IPA that's going to be soft and tropical. It was neither, in my opinion. So it's just a booze. I I can see where this is going. And just before while she, you know, I guess puts that final nail in the coffin. Um, <laughs> I will say this is probably the worst century I've had of their core range and I urge anyone listening to give their IPA um, especially a try it's a really nice entry and a definitely a standard beer maybe this one's going to let it down a little bit but their other core range are, are very good yeah so see, I, didn't, I, don't, I don't mind it it's, it's, it's nice enough that I comfortably drink it again if given like we said it's like if Someone gave it to you or you're like, oh, but you had another one in the fridge. Like, I'm not going to be upset that it's there. But as I said earlier on, that pininess kind of seems to overshadow the rest for me. Um, it's because kind of Mark pointed out, it's like it's, it said something that there's just, there's none of it in, in the tropical. Um, so I was leaning towards kind of a straight down the middle. But you're like, it says tropical. I mean, if you're not sure what way you're going, just take out that point, leave it at a session. It's a straight out session. But Drive that nail home, Walshy. Exactly. Drive it home. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I. Uh, I don't like to say it because it's not. It's not a bad beer in comparison to ones that we've given it. But yeah, yeah, I think it'd have to be a booze for me as well. So I think that lands us on a booze. But I think the summary from all of our ratings has been this is an okay beer that's having marks taken away from it for false advertising yeah yeah bit. pretty much yeah yeah i mean i so, I, 
this is no more than yourself, Mark, when you give the boundary uh, a just beer. You were happy with it being brutal. I would have been okay with this if it had gotten a just beer rating. Uh, 100%, it would have yeah. been okay yeah. by me, but I, I couldn't give it that rating on my own. Yeah. But I would have been okay if it got there. You know what I mean? <laughs> Kinger, if you go back about a half an hour, bud, you'll see exactly what I you know, said about I them. Kind yeah. of, I kind of had it, yeah. They're a bit more country, Kinger. A bit more country, yeah. They're a bit more country. They like the fireman in, in down. Oh, you're um, real Monaghan there. Yeah. I know. I know. Uh, I've, 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 I've. So hunts. that's a disappoint. So that's a disappointing booze for Beer Hut's session IPA on the Crafty Crew podcast. That's alright. That'll do. That's alright. That'll do. It's yeah. grand. Every accent from the north is the same. Essentially, that's kind of where <laughs> we're landing with that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Guys, we've kind of spoken a little bit, um, like throughout the podcast historically on episodes, and even today, where you say, you know, that's the beer that I wouldn't mind coming back to, or I'd, you know, I'd have a few if if the opportunity arose. But I guess yourselves, like myself, we we constantly are trying new things, and I think a lot of the craft beer market is like that—that that you're constantly moving on to the next thing, the next beer, the next special edition, whatever. And it's only really those absolute standout favorites you have that you go back to regularly. And then if you, you could have a really good beer, really enjoy it. But if it's not one of those top couple you get, you're not really going back to it. Do you think there's a lot of beers out there that are quite good, but not quite excellent that get hurt by this kind of thing? I think, um, Mark, exactly kind of what you're saying, because it is the craft beer community and a lot of us tend to to go on and try the whole the whole joy of it for me is trying all those different beers and eventually finding one that's unbearable um you know and, and and there is the chance that some places get hit by that i think that's why um it's such um it's such a powerful thing for some of those craft breweries to have their own brew house their own tap room like like for example us dead center being in town here because you get to have that core range and you get to go out and enjoy craft beer served by the brewery in their tap room you know the way you like it you know whereas if if it maintained just being stuff where i'm ordering online then yeah 100 percent, 95 percent of the beers i'm probably only going to have once because you just want a, a new beer comes out and i'm like maybe i'll just try it i've already had that i'm just going to try this one instead but at least when a, be- a brewery has their tap room you can go there you know you're going to get top quality beer you get to try their new beers or their seasonal beers as to bring them out solid, no bother at all. You know, I think especially during the pandemic, it has been more of the case because, well, the four of us have been ordering our beers online. And the problem with that is <laughs> every week they have a new selection of beer. So I'm like, oh, I really can't wait to get this beer again. And I log on. And I'm like, it's a fiver for this one. Or Gone. I could get this brand new one for this much. <laughs> yeah, I'll get the new one. That boosts my own tap, gives me that bit extra. And it's a new beer to try. Why not? You know, so. I do think that uh, just just by the nature of um, you know by the nature of craft beer, craft beer fans like ourselves, it is more about the trying the different styles and the different beers, which could could hurt some places, especially the smaller breweries that don't have their own tap rooms. Yeah, they're pretty much like I mean, kind of Nanny summed it all up. Uh, I I think it's it's not even necessarily crucial, but it's needed. I know a lot of places can't have their own tap rooms or their own bars like uh, just for example i'm going to limerick in a couple of weeks and i automatically one of the first thing i did was search breweries near where i was staying and treaty city is actually only down the road from the hotel i'm staying at and it's like oh i'll go down there but they don't unfortunately have a tap room so you're like if they had a tap room i'd go in for one or two but they don't so i probably won't so you're kind of that's a hurt places places can't help not having it it's just not accessible for some places. But, you know, like I said, if they had a tap room, I'd be more inclined to go in, have a few. But if they don't, you're not going to, you know, so it's... If if they were anyway smart, well, she did slap one up in a week or two, knowing the amount of money you'd spent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I'd throw them a tenner or something, you know. <laughs> I get them very fair. Yeah. I um. I'm very much a creature of habit lately, for sure. I think when, when we started the podcast and when I was getting more into the craft beer, I was more adventurous, maybe. Um, that I, I'd, I'd take a punt on just picking up a random beer and seeing what it was like. Now, I'm 
uh, anytime I've been in the the off license or in a, in a good kind of craft brew selection in 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 a shop, I'll I'll kind of look for what I know and kind of not take the risk. Um, I know that doesn't really answer your question. Like, uh, like it kind of does. It kind of does. You, I guess, yeah, represent the other side bit, of yeah. the coin. There's people like us yeah. who are just constantly tr- wanting to try the new thing and have a new experience. Yeah. And then I guess there's enough of the craft beer market who want just their favorites. They find their favorites quickly, slowly, whenever, and they're like, "Grand, this is my wheelhouse. I am now sticking in it, and I like these kind of beers." And yeah, probably yeah. it's a wide enough range you have, but it's still a range you're not going to go outside of that often. Yeah, but I, I, I am, I am always thrilled when I do go out on a limb or somebody, um, somebody recommends a beer, and I really, um, I really like it. I like it's you know that it, there is a bit of a thrill to that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I guess this question was kind of inspired. There's a famous, uh, a famous quote from Henry Shackleton. Um, the famous, you know, mountaineer climbed Everest mm. and number one at the top. But his his thing was, oh yeah, you use uh, you use science to raise the money and the excuse, but you really climb for the hell of climbing. You climb for the hell of it. So for yeah. me, it's like I try craft beers for the experience of trying new craft beers. You know, the excuse I use is that oh yeah, well look, my excuse is these ten unbelievable craft beers I can tell you that you're gonna love. No matter who asks me, they're going to love these. But really, you know, bar one or two of them, I wouldn't mind if I never had most of those favorites again, as long as I got <laughs> to keep trying yeah. new things over and over and over. And now maybe, Kinger, 10, 15 years and I'm as old as you, I might settle <laughs> down like yourself. But uh... Whoa. <laughs> Oof. Wow. Oof. That is... Ooh, baby. And for, and, and, for the rest, and for the rest of this edit... Mark's mic is now muted. So, um, and seen. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Just, just to end us on that. Uh, how old actually are you, Kinger? I managed to stay alive for sixty-three years, baby. <laughs> sixty-three years. <laughs> okay. Next week we are heading to Donegal and Derry. Um, how am I getting out of this episode? Not well, Kinger. You're not getting out of it well. This is this isn't going well. And I think that's the easiest way to end it. So that's a that's a goodbye from myself, Nolly, uh, Mark, Walshy, and Kinger on the Crafty Crew podcast. We'll chat to you next time. Good luck. I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs>